Have you fallen down the cottage industry rabbit hole yet? Well, if not, buckle up, Alice, and click on over to the description in the show notes and sign up. Then you can get ready for the most fun induction into the cult of all things yarn and fiber. This will include, but not limited to, free yarn, free ebooks, patterns, coupons, and much more. You don't want to miss out. listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts, a podcast featuring two crafty besties who love true crime and a good cup of joe. Hey, amateur sleuths. I'm Kristen. And I'm Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. It's it's a morning. For sure. It's a beautiful morning. Hell yes. Look at her go. (laughs) singing to y'all oh my goodness i shouldn't i shouldn't to show off my uh to-go coffee cup from my local wool i like it i am a member it's bringing nice farmers and crafters together very important i like it i like it i'm just sporting our mug I mean, I would have trying to rep us when I can. I had to do iced coffee today because it's a little warmer. (laughs) We went from like 20 degrees to 80 degrees overnight. So, but don't worry, my birds are still flying by outside my window because looking like bats. Yeah, they're creepers. Oh, I locked locked myself again. Uh oh. Come in. Got it. All right. <laughs> Get that long, luxurious hair out of there. Yeah, it's like it's just—it's <laughs> just the cord. I need to like put it in my lap so I'm not annoyed by it. There we go. <laughs> Keeps hitting my shoulder, and I'm gonna be like, oh. okay, because you know. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, how's the weather where you are? It's been on and off cold hot it's just north carolina um, it's just the coast on north carolina it's always this way before it just gets blazing hellishly hot for now you guys get the humidity you get like that southern humidity yeah it's nasty um we have have in between humidity here yeah you have you have some that's pretty bad pretty bad days it's pretty bad but it's nothing compared to down south it's rough I, I well i don't think i mean i'm going on 15 years here and i don't think i will ever get used to it and the worst part is i wear a long sleeve polyester uniform oh god so it's hot i'm usually just a pool of sweat all day long and i think that when I go to speak with um reporting parties they probably are like oh god get this deputy away (laughs) so probably just stink Uh, 
That's all I could think about when you said polyester. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's hard to wear in the summertime here in southeastern <sighs> North Carolina. That's real rough. But but I, it's it's worth it. I do I do enjoy what I do. So it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You know, protecting people and shit. Yeah. I had to try the to. and shit. And shit. And <laughs> <laughs> It's very nice. Very important. <laughs> yes. So weather, bleh. Yeah. I, it should be nice today, but you're going to be hot. So yeah, it's going to be hot, but it'll be nice because we are working on our garden. So there you go. I watered mine yesterday. Yeah. We actually have to like get stuff in our garden still. Oh, we still had frosts. Yeah, I know. You had snow like a week ago. Well, in or two we'll weeks get, ago. <laughs> we'll be getting back to the 30s again this week. I'm like, what? Oh, why? Goodness. It's almost May. <clears throat> We're not even in the mountains. Like this is crazy make sense. talk. I know. It's wacky. Mother Nature, she's wacky. There's she's, something wrong with her. She's on her period. <clears throat> she I mean, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> get it together, woman. Get, get it together. <laughs> Um, the amount of times I've had somebody be like, oh, "Are you on your period?" Because I'm being a bitch. It's like, such a really? cop out. It's not. <laughs> you want to fight? Because no, I'm not. Wait till I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, Anyways, all fun aside. Yeah, we've got a pretty important episode today. <laughs> yes. So when this episode comes out, you may have noticed Kristen and I are both wearing red. Ta-da! And there's a reason for that, and I'll get into it in a minute. But first... They even have red toenails. She does. She got her toenails done. Mm. That's all fancy. I did my own, but they're not red. <laughs> 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 they're like red adjacent. Yes. They're coral. They're in the family. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I also don't have a coffee yet because it's on its way here because I wanted to support an indigenous owned coffee roaster, coffee nice. shop. Yes. And so today's coffee is from Thunder Island Coffee. And oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I actually ordered one called Smoke Signals and I'm so excited to try it. It's their yeah. dark roast, of course. Of course. Um, and you can get that at thunderislandcoffee.com. And if you sign up, you can get a little discount. If you nice. sign up for their email list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that is cool. And then I do have a craft that's mine, just quickly. And Kristen actually has one that goes with it. Oh, yes. We've got our... Our red handprints, super important for this episode. And I love yours because it's skeleton underneath. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's sad. It is. It's sad that it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to show off another craft that I have. So anybody's watching oh I love those so these are actually on like bison hide or deer hide I can't remember what they are but um they're hand painted um by a Lakota artist 
Mm-hmm. I picked them up um, in South Dakota last summer. Nice. I would be wearing them, but we can't wear earrings with these things on. So, no. I mean, I have studs in, but yeah, dang- dangly earrings. Dangly earrings. Not gonna work. Yeah, and plus, I don't want to like wreck these. Yeah, it would be sad to put them like it's like headphones on. Uh huh. But they're hand painted. I know. I love, I love them. So anyway, they look really nice. I was like, how much jewelry can I put on that's from native artists? Because I have a whole bunch. And I was like, settle down, Heidi. It's settle down. <laughs> Dang it. Um, <clears throat> so for anybody who's in the know, May 5th is um, a day of awareness for missing, murdered indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people. So that's why we wear red to support yes we are Um, here for that but real quick trigger warnings um rape murder heinous violence and racism because that is where this all really stems from right oh oh yeah 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 all right so for anybody who doesn't know what two-spirit really means Um, It's a term used within some indigenous communities, not all, encompassing cultural, spiritual, sexual, and gender identity. Um, Throughout history, it was used more as like a spiritual identity. Right. Um, The term reflects complex indigenous understandings of gender roles, spirituality, and the long history of sexual and gender diversity in the indigenous cultures. So May 5th was chosen as this day, as a day of awareness, because it is also the birthday of a Northern Cheyenne woman named Hannah Harris, who went missing back in 2013. Okay. Um, Hannah's body was found several days later on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation. Mm -hmm. She was only 21 when she was murdered, but her community didn't let her die in vain. They pushed and combined efforts with other indigenous communities, creating a movement to bring awareness to the masses. Um, And her family and community have even gotten new legislation going, which is actually- Very important. Yeah, it's so good to have it finally. Yes, things need to change, so. According to greatfallstribune.com, Hannah's legacy prevails through Hannah's Act, which now authorizes the Department of Justice to assist local law enforcement in missing persons cases. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Because part of the problem, why these cases weren't getting any attention, why they weren't getting any like help, nobody was investigating anything there was always a law enforcement issue because right because it's tribal and and then there's local then there's federal and it's right they couldn't legally they couldn't work together which is drives me insane it's asinine because we should just yeah who cares about that work Work, together work together (laughs) like find these girls like yeah oh anyway right it's frustrating Yes. We have a lot of laws here with um, 
that we there's things we can't do due right. to tribal laws and stuff so right but that should be changing it should soon yeah um governor steve bullock signed the bill into law in may of 2019 so in montana right um but before we talk about hannah's case specifically Mm-hmm. I want to talk about MMIW, and you'll see these hashtags, hashtag MMIW. If you are on Instagram, search it. MMIW. It's a lot of information. Yeah, and then hashtag MMIWG2S. There's three different ones. Okay. So this is something that really needs to be talked about more, and there are still so many people who have never heard of any of this. Like, right. it's mind-blowing to me people are like say what and i'm like this has literally been happening since colonizers got here that's how long it's been long-standing violence i mean people are crazy about pocahontas the movie and like she was a real person right wasn't even her like real name she was the first missing and murdered indigenous woman Mm -hmm. she was taken she was not Oh my God, John Smith! I love you so much. No, yeah, no, that's that that's, that's fairy tale. That's <laughs> that's Disney guys. That's yeah. Fairy tale life. Um, so every year, several Indigenous people go missing and are never heard from again. Mm. And it's not just in one specific area. It's a serious crisis. It's happening to American Indians, Native Alaskans. Kama'aina, which are the native people of Hawaii, mm-hmm. First Nations, Inuit, and Métis. And I guarantee there are many, many more smaller indigenous communities who are also being affected by this. Right. And I just want to quickly say to these communities that you've got to keep pushing for change because it's actually finally getting traction you know yeah it's social media has actually helped this yeah it's a very important movement and it's something that readily needs to be available to be talked about and absolutely um they most definitely deserve a voice and to be heard and to be taken care of and found oh for sure for sure for sure And I also want to say, if you have a story to share and you want to get it heard, I know we don't have a huge following yet. We're working on it. We're totally (laughs) willing. We are gaining lots of traction. We will talk about any story that you bring to us. If you've got something to talk about, come to us. We will totally have you as a guest or we'll tell your story for you if you want to write it in. That's fine. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Nice. I like it. Now, what makes this story such a scary crisis is the fact that these groups of people make up a very small percentage of the population. Right. And thanks to colonizers, like that's literally is why. Um, But they are proportionately a huge percentage of the missing and or murdered cases. And we're going to get into that for sure. Statistically, indigenous women, girls, and two spirits are 10 times more likely to be murdered than any other ethnicity. Yeah, that's huge. That's very fucking disturbing. Yeah. But we don't hear about them. No. At all. Mm -hmm. And under the rug, so to speak. 
It is, exactly. And most of the time, they're not being taken and murdered by indigenous people, as some, I literally wrote this in here, as some racist assholes would like you to believe, because I've actually had people retort that. Oh, they're being right, killed by their own. Being killed by their own people oh, is not off. true. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And it's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More often than not, they are murdered murdered by non-Indigenous people on their own reservation. And that is a huge problem because these people that are actually murdering, that are not Native, mm-hmm. on Native land, by law, the tribal police cannot go after them. Right. That's what's the so, jacked part about the laws. It needs oh, to be changed. Yes. It's a huge loophole and it just lets evil get away with evil. Yeah. Um so I've got numbers, percentages. Ooh. 50 got facts, y'all. Facts. Statistics. Yeah. And these aren't just from like any websites. These are from the United States government websites also Mm -hmm. so we're actually finally like things are changing and they're trying to fix it fix a broken fucking system yeah um 56.1 percent of indigenous women experience sexual violence that's a huge percentage 55.5% of Indigenous women have been physically abused by their intimate partners. Mm -hmm. 48.8% of Indigenous women have been stalked in their lifetime. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) That's fucking disturbing. Murder is the third leading cause of death for Indigenous women. And it shouldn't be. Mm Mm-mm. 84.3% of Indigenous women have experienced violence. Mm. That is staggering. That's horrific. Indigenous women are twice as likely to be raped than an Anglo-American woman. Mm. And we know the numbers. I mean, we know pretty much every woman I know or every girl I've known throughout my life pretty much not I'm not saying all of them yeah have had some sort of sexual violence happen to them right and that makes me sick well and not to digress but you know society is always up in arms especially I don't I don't mean it's not towards all men but we don't know what men we can be protected from. Like we right. never know what stranger out there is a nice guy. Right. It takes a lot for us to break down those walls to actually trust and accept that these men have good intentions. Right. And you have to build up, you have to be a very strong woman to put and build up strong boundaries to find those men. So it's right. it's very difficult. And in in a in a culture where men are men, it's very hard for women to be strong and have boundaries because 
it's just that that is the way the world has been for years and right from beginning of time and it's, it's hard to break through sad. that and it's yeah having three daughters myself I'm scared to death of them growing up it's, yeah 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 I can't even imagine or I feel bad for our moms <sighs> <sighs> yeah but I mean, also, like, they raised us a certain way, so we do our best. Yep. All I can do every day. Yep. So the last percentage I have, 81.6% of Indigenous men have experienced violence. Mm-hmm. That also makes sense. These numbers Badly. are fucking crazy and yeah. they shouldn't make sense sense but they they sadly do because yeah. because but we know how it, people really are because human beings are just innately awful many times in their lives right not not saying that all people are shitbags i'm just saying there is evil in everyone and sometimes it comes out and sometimes it's their whole life. Right. And that's, you know, we talk about a lot of that, um, the, the evil in the world, but it is sad. Like people are just bullies or mean or make fun of whatever. Right. And I, I'd say all the time, we have to build each other up, not tear each other down. But right. that, that learning is missed by a lot of people. Yeah. So. I mean, my girls so were, were picking on a boy on the bus. And I was like, no, we do not talk ill of people. We yeah. do not. Well, and how would you feel, honestly, like, how would you feel if they were doing that to you? Like, let's let's think about how this is going to affect. Reverse the roles. This person. How, right. would it, how would it affect you? Yeah. Because I can tell you how all of that would affect me. And it wouldn't be good. Right. This is why. It's really bad. The teenagers that are on Resland, they mm -hmm. are staggeringly, sadly, killing themselves. Yeah. And like that just killed me. Knowing that just right. oh my God. Like, why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening. No. But Ooh, yeah so i'm gonna recommend a documentary to everybody i think toward the end i have it written here somewhere but bring tissues when you watch it yeah um so in these statistics yes they're scary but they also don't even account for all of the communities that i even mentioned right because a lot of times like with our um uniform crime reporting system mm -hmm. yeah n not all of crime no. is reported no. so and you're only getting statistics from what's reported not right. from all the actual crime out there right now if we look at like the united states government we only have a tiny fraction of the reported missing indigenous people on our files mm -hmm. that's changing now but and when i say a tiny fraction I mean, exactly this. As of 2016, and I know this is dated, but things are changing. 
The National Crime Information Center, NCIC, has reported 5,712 cases of missing American Indian and Alaska Native women and girls. That's only American Indian and Alaska Native. That doesn't even, that that isn't even Canada. Right. And it's real bad. Yeah. Canada's (laughs) real bad up there. It's, it's really bad. And, but the U.S. Department of Justice missing persons database has only reported 116 Mm. One, 116 versus 5,712. Mm. There's a broken system and they're not communicating and it needs to happen. Yes. So there has always been a law enforcement jurisdiction conflict, which we already talked about. Right. Um, to which I say, who fucking cares who has jurisdiction? Let's just figure out who is kidnapping, raping, murdering, and trafficking these people. Right. Let's let's keep with our jurisdictions, but let's communicate between well, jurisdictions and agencies and work together instead of exactly like, separating ourselves. Because yeah, the more information we have on things, the better solve right. rate we'll have because right. we'll have all the information, not a quarter of the information. Right. Yeah. And jurisdiction in this instance is totally benign. Mm-hmm. Let's just work together, figure it out. Yeah. So according to the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs website, they estimate to have about 4,200 unsolved missing and murdered cases right now. Mm. It's not okay. Yeah. It's so bad. And so when you search... MMIW, you'll mm-hmm. see images of red handprints like we showed you. Right. And oftentimes the red handprint is across a face. You'll also see a lot of red dresses, which is why we are rocking the red. I've got a red dress on right now, y'all. Yeah, with, I have with a shorts on. I have a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about how red's not like normally our color. We really it's very are. hard to find, but like we look pretty good in red. So we need to do this more. I told Kristen she should get red lipstick, <laughs> which is funny because I don't wear, she doesn't wear or lipstick. own any lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, my first <sighs> lipstick needs to be the I'm, brightest of the bright. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a red lipstick. Oh goodness! And she'll she'll never wear it. It's okay. You don't have to wear it. I mean, I will, just for you. Sweet. So, <laughs> the red handprint normally covering one's mouth means you stand in solidarity with MMIWG2S in North America. So specifically, okay. North America. And honestly, I'd say it goes way beyond just North America now. But that's where it really started. That's where it was, yeah. And the Red Dress Project was actually a project started by Jamie Black. And I'm hoping that I'm saying it. It's spelled like Jaime, but she's from Canada. So I'm thinking it's just Jamie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she was or is a Métis woman who came up with the idea while attending a conference where she was listening to another Métis woman author, Joanne Episcanu. 
probably butchered that last name and I'm sorry. Um, speaking about the missing and murdered women in Canada. Mm -hmm. And she just like all of a sudden had this idea and it's really cool. So the idea was also fueled by the cover of the novel called The Book of Jessica by another Métis author, uh, author Maria mm -hmm. Campbell. But many tribes believe red is the only color the spirits can see, specifically in Canada. Right. And so they <clears throat> hope that by wearing red, they can call back the spirits of their missing and murdered women and children and give them a proper resting place. That's beautiful. I like that. And so it can be really haunting looking. And I think that's why it's such an intense presentation because it's literally just red dresses hanging on mm -hmm. hangers everywhere. And you'll see them like hanging in the woods and stuff, which is, yeah, yeah. very haunting ominous um so the hanging red dresses are representative of the thousands of aboriginal women of canada that are no longer here and the red dress project has been installed throughout the united states and canada so when you see a red dress hanging in a tree or in an urban area because they do also do that in like cities mm -hmm. it's a way of showing people or a way of people showing their solidarity with the movement and you know, it's important that it's happening not just in rural areas because these women are going missing from cities. Yeah. It's not it's not just happening from reservations. Right. It's happening everywhere. So um <clears throat> I need a sip of coffee. Gotta have it. All right. So now let's get back to Hannah Harris. Yes. Hannah was a 21-year-old single mother. At the time of her disappearance, her son was just 10 months old. No. I know. It's fucking sad. Hannah had gone out with friends to watch fireworks. And she was last seen drinking with some friends in Lame Deer, Montana for the 4th of July holiday. Mm. Which, like, what a holiday. Lame is... Lame deer, yeah. Lame deer. Montana. Interesting. Um, so Hannah's car was actually found abandoned on the side of the road with not one, but two flat tires. Oh. Okay, now I've that's... seen this story happen before. Okay, <clears throat> now what does your cop senses tell you <laughs> when you find somebody's abandoned car who is missing? Nobody can find them. Well, it's yeah, somebody somebody put their tires out exactly like it's suspicious so even with that information the police didn't take hannah's disappearance seriously that's crazy <laughs> because i mean one tie one flat tire that i could understand understandable but two two that's intentional that is like mm -hmm. i need to stop this car for sure or was there a spike strip put out by a cop? Which I also, <laughs> I don't, you never, I don't Well, know. that would probably be four tires out. But. Right, yes. So anyway. they basically just said that she could go missing if she wanted to because she was an adult. But why would she poke out both tires? I don't know. So add to the law enforcement's mindset that Hannah wasn't even missing. Because it really, is, it's a thing up in Montana. 
there's it's always been a problem up in that when the people area, just disappear it it's a huge problem yes hmm. specifically indigenous peoples wow. um they also said that they were understaffed due to the holiday which i get but so the holiday only matters so much yeah i mean we get on our missing person cases this right is, away right the this second fucking, it's reported we start yeah. our investigation so this is like a highly alarming situation to me yeah that doesn't make any sense that they would yeah. just be like oh well she can disappear if she wants well and like, how many times do we hear this in cases where people end up getting murdered or like it's, yeah it happens a lot um do, do, do. So nobody from law enforcement was even searching for this poor woman, which is a story we hear time and time again when people go missing. And it's not just with adults. This also happens with teenagers because teenagers run away. Run away. Like, but with our runaways, we start our investigation right away too. Like, because it's just what if policy? It's we, kind of a we, what if situation. What if yeah. they didn't run away and they have, have had, ended up getting killed? Right. I mean. <laughs> Yes, I have had uh, runaway kids mm-hmm. and gone to a call and found out where they were within 30 minutes. Right. We got them to come back home. But it's or, kind of like a... It's like, right, because it could end up being that they've been taken and they're gone, gone, you know? Right. yeah. So you have to you have to do your initial investigation. You can't right. just let it go. That's yeah. that's insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. You just did my rant for me. Sorry. No, thank you. No, that's that's how it should be. <laughs> we need more people like you. We need more Christians <laughs> in the world. All right. So even though law enforcement wasn't looking for Hannah, there were a shit ton of people looking for Hannah. Thank God. But also, fuck. And yeah, just four days later on July 8th, Hannah's severely decomposed body was discovered by a search party on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation near the rodeo grounds. Hmm. Now remember it's july so yeah Yeah. it's fucking hot and it's dry right causes mummification basically right because there's no moisture yep so the body lost all of its fluids and Mm -hmm. just so her body decomposed quicker exactly and it changes things and insects and animals depending on how hot it was yes mm-hmm. yeah um her pants were pulled down and her shirt and bra were pulled up oh, that's never good yeah unfortunately though hannah's remains were so badly decomposed that no cause of death could ever be determined hmm. yeah so now we're going to just fast forward to March of 2014 when a woman and her common law husband were arrested in connection with Hannah's murder. Really? Because I could not find any information on the in-between <clears throat> because I think there just wasn't any. Yeah. 
there was nothing. Sometimes there's nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Just goes cold. Um, Eugenia Roland and Garrett Wada. That's the couple. Common law. Okay. Police found clothing that belonged to Hannah on Wada's aunt's property. Hmm. Now, both Roland and Wada had fled to Wyoming to avoid any suspicion, which like that just makes you look more suspicious. Yeah. You <laughs> fled at the same time. Just so you know, you look like the suspects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here's where Roland, the wife, really fucked up. Um, if they didn't want to look suspect as fuck. Roland called the police on July 7th, 2013. So we'll go back to 2013 a little bit. Okay. Claiming that Wada had told her that he had hidden Hannah's body. Uh, yeah. And she had also been hanging out in a bar with her former sister-in-law, where she told said sister-in-law about passing out drunk on the 4th of July and waking up to Wada, her husband, as he was raping Hannah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but this, none of it makes sense. Roland has claimed that she actually tried to help Hannah at first, but she became upset and began, began hitting Hannah instead because it was <sighs> Hannah's, Hannah's fault that her husband was raping. Right. Girl. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Now, I don't know how you go from helping someone who's being raped to beating them, but she also then told her sister-in-law that she and Wada had beaten Hannah to death, then wrapped her in a bed sheet before dragging her outside. Jeez, please. I know. Uh, don't edit. Don't edit. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I accidentally, like, hit the edit button. So, Technical difficulties, folks. Uh, yeah. Over the period of time the authorities were interrogating Roland, she told them a series of evolving lies. Of course. Because yeah. now she's trying to cover her ass. Right. So her story's changing. Yeah. She said she had last seen Hannah getting into the vehicle of a smelly man wearing a fedora. <laughs> That's quite a description. <clears throat> smelly man and a fedora. Yeah. Mm. After she had dropped Wada and Hannah off at a trailer park. Like, that's <clears throat> what she said she saw. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Now, this didn't make any sense, though, because Hannah was recorded on a surveillance camera at a convenience store getting into a vehicle with Roland. Mm. You're lying, hey. bitch. So, remember how I said Hannah's body was severely decomposed? Yes. Um, it was so badly decomposed, they couldn't tell anything that had happened to her. So they had no proof of rape or anything for right. that matter. But they had confessions and investigators found out that Wada had actually borrowed a car from a family member. When he returned it, there was a very strong odor that was coming from the back seat. Oh, really? So, of course... There were samples taken. Yeah. And Hannah's DNA was found on a cushion taken from the back seat of the car. So there's your fucking evidence. Yeah. 
Roland was sentenced to 22 years in prison for murder. Because she's the one that actually beat her to death. Wow. And Hannah's family was there for it. But when Roland wanted to give an apology to the family, they walked out before she could even start. Good for them. (laughs) Anyway. Good for them. I love that. Yeah. Don't even give her the satisfaction. No. Saying two words. She doesn't deserve it. No. That. Yeah. Now, Wada. Was yeah, what initi- did he get? He was initially charged with murder, but those charges were dropped in exchange for his testimony. Don't worry. He was still sentenced to 10 years on charges of rape and being an accessory after the fact. That's Not enough. enough. And remember, this Not was enough. only back in like 2014. So, right. He's getting out soon. Um, Wada was also sentenced to three years of supervised release after his time in prison. Only three years? I know. It's kind of weird. Well, I've that's, never... That's a part of the The problem. judicial system was a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely flawed. <laughs> yeah. And... Oh, boy. When it came time to read the victim impact statements at Wada's sentencing hearing, the motherfucker just sat there shaking his head like none of it was true. Would not... Mm. He he just would not accept responsibility for her for her family's grief. It's terrible. It, bleh. Sociopath. Yeah. I personally believe Wada is a total piece of shit because he helped the family in the search efforts for Hannah knowing fucking goddamn well where her body was. Oh boy. And uh who had killed her. Mm-hmm. So both Wada and Roland have said the three were drinking and that both of them had blacked out. Sorry, that that's not, no. And that they couldn't remember anything from that night, even though Roland obviously couldn't keep her fucking mouth shut while talking to her sister-in-law. Yeah. Clearly she remembered every fucking moment. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Now, in the aftermath of Hannah's rape and murder, her mother is now an activist against the violence that has been forced on Native women. That's good. And she is also raising Hannah's son. Yeah. Because, yes. And to the documentary, that's the end of that case. Because mm-hmm. that there's just not a lot of information, and that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is there's not enough yes. out there for the word to get out that this mm-hmm. epidemic yes needs and it to is. be worked on. It yeah. is an epidemic, and I highly, highly, highly recommend purchasing the new documentary. And this is brand new; it just came out this month, or in it would be. Last month when this yeah, comes out. April. So, uh, women of the White Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Bring a fucking box of tissues because let me tell you what is happening currently. It literally is like a third world country right in our fucking backyard right and people need to know that and they need to see it and they need to fucking not ignore it you can't ignore this crap anymore 
Yeah. It shouldn't have been ignored in the first place. None of this should have even happened. Right. And this is not just in one place. You know, this documentary takes place in like the Lakota area, Mm -hmm. which is like South Dakota areas. Right. Um, But it's throughout Indian country and you just, it's, it's happening right there. And you might not even know these people are living out there because you can't see them from where you are. Right. And I really hope this court documentary strikes a chord inside your soul because we got to do something. Yeah. It's, and it's near and dear to our hearts, all of this. And yes. we hope to do more and yes. um, provide more information as we go along. And mm-hmm. Heidi did an awesome job with this first run of yeah. letting the world know about. I already feel like crying right now. That's how intense this is. No crying. There's no crying in podcasting. I mean, there is sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going to share my sources right here. I'm not going to say them all because I have a whole fucking list of websites, people. Yeah. I'm going to put them in the description. So look in the description. They will be there. Um, Take a few minutes and check everything out because yes. it's important. And support, you know, indigenous crafters. Support indigenous owned brands. Yep. I've got quite a few favorites. My my eye, oh, my eyebrows. Oh, yes, girl. And my lip gloss. Nice. Those are cheekbone beauty. I highly recommend them. They're Canada. Um, I like it. And they are vegan and cruelty-free and indigenous-owned, and they support indigenous youth. So. I like it. There's nothing bad. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Okay. That was rough. All right. That's all we got. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So until next time, ta-ta for now. Thanks for listening to Crime, Coffee, and Crafts. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us more than you know. If you really love us and want to support us, Go to our website at www.crimecoffeeandcrafts.com. From there, you can join our Patreon, shop our merch, and find us on social media.